Coming up on BBP News this morning, Tyree Nichols' body cam footage released, and former President Trump is back on Instagram and Facebook. The GDP report shows that the economy is growing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. It is Monday, January 30th. We're back again with another episode to start your week off. Now, Chris, start us off in the normal Monday morning fashion by getting into the weather as we head into this week. In Los Angeles, California, it is partly cloudy, 59 degrees. In Houston, Texas, it is raining 65 degrees. In Chicago, Illinois, it is partly cloudy 17 degrees and in new york city it is mostly sunny 46 degrees well chris as has been pretty common lately there's a lot to talk about so let's not mess around let's jump right into it what do we have to start off with well you know nick i would have to disagree with you here i would like to discuss the weather real quick you'd like to discuss the weather this weather has been crazy let me tell you yeah Because where we live specifically, we had three days in the span of a week where we got six plus inches of snow. It it has Um, been insane. And this is in like all winter, hardly any snow. And then the very next day after our final snowstorm, it's sunny and 40 degrees out. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. All right. So before we got that like snow sprint, I'll call it. um, That's what it was. Yeah. Or no, it was a marathon. Uh, pretty much, honest. yeah. It was the snow marathon. Most snowstorms, it's like the sprint. This was, this, the yeah. Marathon. This was more like a drawn out marathon. So before we got that, uh, I had actually seen reports around our area that said that we had only received thirteen point three inches of snow this winter, which was like a record low. And which then it felt like we got a lot less than that. Right, it really did. And all of a sudden three storms right in the matter of like seven days pretty much yeah right around a week and yeah now it's back up to 40 i'm very confused i think mother nature's confused it's it's been a wild winter but then you look at buffalo and they've been hit with almost 130 inches i believe yeah so you know gotta pick and choose your battles yeah you know weather is so beyond confusing it's so weird i don't understand it i give credit to those that do yeah, really. <laughs> it's insane. You know, Nick, weather is like its own beast. And I'm just going to say this. I know someone that has a master's in nursing. Yeah. And a master's in meteorology. That's different. Okay. And impressive all at the same time. It's very impressive. No doubt about that. And definitely not a combination you expect or would assume. And I only found this out because we were talking about the weather and then she started talking about it and it was like all scientific. And right, all right. And like 90% of us were just gone out of this conversation like, what? Yeah. And I go, you would think you have like a degree in meteorology or something. And she goes, oh, you didn't know I have a master's in meteorology and then walked away. That's like, so funny. You know, like I love everybody it. I love it. That. Yeah. Like it's an everyday thing to have. Yeah. 
Well, Chris, we got all of our weather feelings out of the day. I'm honestly glad that you took the time to stop me before we jumped into the news here. Uh, and we got to talk about that because the weather has been quite ridiculous lately. And, you know, just again, I've said it a million times already, but it has been rather unbelievable uh, throughout this winter. But Let's jump into the news, and I'm actually going to start us off this morning, and we start out with the tragedy of the Tyree Nichols story, and the city of Memphis has released several videos related to the beating of Tyree Nichols after a traffic stop in early January. The officer said they pulled Nichols over for, quote, erratic driving, and the police chief said this Friday morning that there is absolutely no evidence of any probable cause that would justify the officers pulling Nichols over in the first place, and the released footage consists of four separate videos. There are images from the officer's body-worn cameras and even surveillance video from from a street camera. The video shows horrendous language being hurled at Nichols and an absolutely unbelievable beating that is quite frankly almost impossible to watch. It's absolutely horrible. And what's worse is that even after the beating is over, you can watch as Tyree Nichols sits on the asphalt propped up against a police car for more than 10 minutes with no one giving him medical aid. Even with multiple officers standing near him, not one thought to get him to a hospital or thought to give him any medical treatment of any kind. And all five officers involved in this horrific beating that ultimately led to the death of Tyree Nichols have bonded out of jail. Now, they are facing serious charges. They are charged with several serious felony crimes, including second-degree murder, aggravated assault, two charges of aggravated kidnapping, two charges of official misconduct, and one charge of official oppression. And the district attorney has said that his office reserves the right to add additional charges as that investigation continues forward. Now, the family of Tyree Nichols asked for peaceful protests, and in large part, that did happen. There were some, quote, isolated incidents in New York City, but otherwise, the protests did remain peaceful throughout. And police have released the footage of the attack on the former House Speaker's husband, Paul Pelosi. The police body camera footage is brief, chaotic, and dramatic. The door to former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home opens onto two men struggling for control of a hammer. The intruder wrestles the weapon away from the Democratic lawmaker's husband, that is Paul Pelosi, and attacks, striking him in the head before officers tackle him to the ground. The video clip, which runs just over one and a half minutes, was part of a batch of evidence released on Friday in the case against the suspect, David DePap. The evidence also includes audio from Paul Pelosi's call to 911, part of a police interview with the PAP, and security camera video of the break-in. It was made public after several news organizations pressed for copies and a San Francisco Superior Court judge ruled in favor in releasing them. It is also worth mentioning that the PAP is still in custody at this time. New numbers released last week show that the economy is slowing, but it's still strong. The gross domestic product, basically the value of all goods and services, created increased again in the fourth quarter of 2022. The Bureau of Economic Analysis found that the GDP increased at an annual rate of 2.9%, thanks to manufacturing, consumer spending, and federal and state government spending. It's probably easier to understand it if you look at the chart. Right. So let's take a look here. If you look at the GDP chart, you'll see that 
A major drop in GDP took place in quarter two of 2020, and of course that was when we were all in lockdown. But if we look at 2022, you can see that in quarter one and quarter two of 2022, there were slight dips in the GDP, but quarter three and quarter four showed positive numbers. And that's not as strong as we saw in 2021, but that's exactly what the Federal Reserve wants to see. Economic experts say that these numbers coupled with the strong jobs numbers are showing that it's actually possible that the Federal Reserve can pull off a so-called soft landing, bringing inflation down without crashing the economy. Gas prices over the last year have been, let's just put it, volatile. At the peak of those prices, you remember President Biden released a million barrels of oil a day from our natural strategic petroleum reserve to try and get those prices down it worked at least through the price peaks but it's also drained our national stockpile well it's been sort of flying under the radar this week but the house has been working on a bill to restrict the president's ability to do that again house republicans have introduced the strategic petroleum response act hr 21 this bill, if passed, say, fine, Mr. President, you can release barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but if you do have to replenish it by developing a plan to increase the number of federal land leases and new oil and gas production equivalent to the percentage of oil reserves you take out. Now, there is an exception to this rule in the bill that allows a president to release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve with no offset if there's a, quote, severe energy supply interruption, end quote. President Biden says he is not going into this, and if it passes, he would veto it. The energy secretary says this bill would weaken the usefulness of the SPR as a tool to help everyday Americans with gas prices when oil prices spike. But all, quote, help for American wallets has also been draining the Strategic Petroleum Reserve since the Obama administration, and we have the receipts to prove that. So, there is a graph of the Strategic Petroleum Reserves levels dating back to 1982 when the SPR had 273 million barrels of crude oil. You can see it start to increase through the decades with the peak happening during the Obama era in 2010 when we had 727 million barrels. But in 2011 it started to decrease and it has never increased ever since that point. And we see this major drop-off during the Biden administration. This is from that policy of releasing a million barrels a day. When Obama left office, there were 695 million barrels in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. During Trump's administration, the reserves decreased almost every week. And by the time he left office, there were only 635 million barrels in the SPR. But Biden's numbers are by far the most dramatic. Since he came into office, the SPR has been drained of 300 million barrels of oil. And as of January 2023, we're sitting at 372 million barrels in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is the lowest level it has been since December of 1983. The House may take the Strategic Production Response Act to the floor as soon as this week. Keep in mind, if it does pass, it still needs to pass through the Democratic-controlled Senate. And President Biden said that he would veto it if it reaches his desk. 
Former President Donald Trump may soon be back on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook's parent company Meta just announced it will be ending the suspension of his accounts in the coming weeks. In this message posted to Facebook, the global affairs president says, quote, as a general rule, we don't want to get into the way of open public and democratic debate on meta platforms, end quote. They say they want the public to hear what the politicians are saying, the, quote, good, bad, and the ugly, end quote. But the post goes on to say that th- that doesn't mean there are no limits to what you can say on Facebook and Instagram. And when someone demonstrates, quote, real-world harm, we will act, end quote. And Trump's accounts have been suspended since the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, but now his accounts will be reinstated. It also comes with new, quote, guardrails, including heightened penalties for repeat offenses and possible limiting of post distribution, especially those that delegitimize upcoming elections or content related to QAnon. Meta also left its ability to remove his posts and suspend him again on the table. These guardrails will apply to all public figures who have been suspended in the past. The FDA is considering a major shift in the way we treat the COVID-19 vaccines in this country. Basically, they want to make it like the annual flu vaccine. We know at this point to be considered fully vaccinated against COVID-19, the FDA says you should have received the two primary shots based weeks apart, followed by a booster at least two months after. Well, the idea is to advise people after they've gone through that regiment to simply get whatever the latest version of the COVID vaccine is available each fall. Those vaccines, like the flu vaccine, would be tailored to that year's anticipated strain of the virus. And the pharma companies would start that work in the spring. The FDA also said that if some dangerous COVID variant emerges outside of the normal time frame, it may reconsider which vaccine to provide on an, quote, as-needed basis. This isn't done yet. A special FDA committee responsible for recommending all vaccines will discuss this idea at a public meeting tomorrow. If it's approved, then the FDA and the CDC would work on the logistical details. The FDA said there are too many unknowns about the CBD products to regulate them as food or supplements under the agency's current structure. Instead, the agency said Congress should create new rules for the massive and growing market. The marijuana-derived products have become increasingly popular in lotions and other products, even though their official legal status is a little murky in the United States. There's not enough evidence about CBD to confirm that it's safe for use in foods or as a dietary supplement. FDA Deputy Commissioner Dr. Janet Woodcock said in a statement. The FDA does have oversight of CBD and that is because it is an active ingredient in an approved prescription drug. Epidiolex is used to treat two rare seizure disorders. Under FDA regulations, a drug cannot be added to food or sold as a dietary supplement if officials haven't determined if it's safe or effective for other conditions. The FDA's action comes after repeated calls from lawmakers, advocates, and consumer groups for CBD to be allowed in foods and supplements. 
Getting into rapid news, the Department of Justice has arrested a 36-year-old Florida woman after she allegedly committed a year-long scheme to defraud an 87-year-old Holocaust survivor of his life savings. And Bed Bath & Beyond defaulted on its loans and doesn't have enough money to repay what it owes, and that is according to the retailer on Thursday. The White House has formally announced a new chief of staff, Jeff Zients. That is the end of this Monday morning news episode. Nick will be back here tomorrow morning with another Eye on the Ball episode. It was a busy weekend for football. And then Wednesday, another Idiots in the News. Until then, enjoy the start to your work week, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.